Goose ass. All right, so another big conference went on the road this weekend. Houston went up to Cincinnati and beat the Bearcats. We're going to be traveling the Big 12. Imagine that rivalry build up. We're talking about what happened. Big performances from Jarris Walker and Marcus Sasser and more. And why the used Cougars are still facing some disrespect today as it looks like they're going to be the number one team in the country. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're U of H fan, just hate it, can stop by. Please be sure to hit subscribe down below that we get the latest on the Cougs each and every day in your feed. We appreciate you making us your first listen of the day. Uh, if, welcome back to YouTube. If you found us on YouTube as well, it looks like uh, we're approaching, we're like by the time you listen to this, we might have crossed 350 subscribers. So thank you all so much for tuning into the YouTube channel as well. Remember, when we get to 500, we're going to do a free giveaway. Uh, we're going to do some stuff with our friend, by Sparkle to give some stuff away to someone we get there. Uh, the Marcus Hatch t-shirt went great. Uh, we'll get more confirmation on that when we get some stuff with them on social media. Um, but again, to get there, we got to get to 500 subscribers. Make sure to subscribe down below so we get there. And then uh, commenters will be entered to win. So make sure you comment something on the video to be entered to win one of those uh, goodie bags or something from Sparkle. Uh, to win, <laughs> you have to comment something. And if you can't even comment after the video or you're just bored with Bearcats, you can tell us whether or not you cut uh, burrito. Now, as we jump into today's episode, we're going to have three different segments. The first segment is going to look at highlights from the game uh, as a whole. Second segment is going to be really focused on the freshmen because there's a big, big game for our two of our handful of very outstanding freshmen on the Houston Cougar basketball team. And our third segment is going to be looking at kind of like what comes next, as well as some potential disrespect in the polls based on some stuff that was said at halftime of that game. Um, if you're looking for football talk, because uh, Mikhail Harrison Pilot did have a big commit as one of the highest rated guys to ever come to the University of Houston for football, uh, there's a bonus episode out as well. came out at the exact same time, so you can go check that out um, and in- tune into that, kind of hear more about the football program. We're going to have some more football stuff throughout the week, but today we need to talk some about the big Houston Cougar victory. So let's break down what those keys to the game, the highlights or the highlighted type of players were. Uh, obviously, we could talk about Joan Roberts every single game but joan roberts did finish the game with 14 points and 11 rebounds it's a big double double for the big man took 16 shots it's a little bit high for him normally uh, but he had some good putbacks on the stretch and kind of added to that uh also an assist and two steals uh didn't have any blocks in this game i managed because he kind of got you know wrapped up with his four fouls um after him i would point to tremont mark 10 points five rebounds five assists uh had a huge block off the backboard um kind of we'll talk more about what the dumbfounded was in a second but big big block of the backboard Jarris walker the freshman standout 21 points on 14 shots uh three steals five rebounds he played just 29 minutes we found out he got he played sick he had a fever during the day um and so he did play that game obviously tested negative for COVID, that kind of stuff but had a fever and so people were kind of worried when he would play talking about him when we get the freshman segment later marcus sasser though closed the game on offense and defense 16 points five steals six rebounds and two assists the future pro point guard played like it today and looking at the game as a whole though instead of just like looking at individual players uh the first half that was interesting cincinnati wore their black uniforms at home black to the stadium 
uh, big, big game for them in Cincinnati, which I guess is technically Ohio, but technically also feels a lot like Northern Kentucky. Um, Landers, not only the second, got hot, hot to start, went 4-4 from three in the first half, playing him in a much different role than we saw him when he was at Memphis last season before transferring to Cincinnati. Um, he was obviously their big offensive standout. Their big like hustle guy standout in the first half was a kid named Dan Skillings. He was flying around on loose balls to offensive rebounds, and at one point was actually like out hustling Cougars in a way that really, really upset Kelvin Sampson, head coach Kelvin Sampson. And because of those kinds of guys, the lead was just seven points at halftime, uh, I should point out Dan Skillings, I just pulled up to be sure, he had four offensive rebounds and only had five rebounds in the game, right? That kind of a hustle guy. Um, Houston went in at halftime, did their thing. I imagine Kelvin did a little bit of yelling. I mean, Kelvin did a little bit of yelling. And if I were to put money on it, Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sass, the point guards, did their fair, yelling as well, fair share of yelling as well. Uh, Houston came in the second half on a 15-2 to two run that extended the lead to 20 points. Um uh, Props in Cincinnati, they did not ever quit. Uh, they did find some success in the second half uh, with the big man, uh, Lakin, uh, a Russian guy, a big guy named Lakin, down the stretch in the second half. He had 16 points uh, on just four field goals, or on just seven field goals, four made. Uh, but he did go eight from 10 from the free throw line. He was not trouble with him in the second half because they kind of played a smaller, more versatile lineup to get some free throws made on their own end. Led to struggles with the big guy. Um, that is all to say that... Uh, the big thing defensively for Houston second half was hands in the passing lanes is, is like a trademark of Houston's, but they ran Cincinnati off of the three point line. Uh, I mentioned Landers Nolly had four was four of four from the three point line. In the first half did not attempt a three in the second half. That's credit to Tremont Mark credit to Jamal shed credit to Marcus Sasser, chance Arsenal and all the guys that ended up with minutes on him uh, as a whole. They shot just uh, Cincinnati shot just thirty four and a half percent from the three point line, and they're shooting up closer to fifty at halftime. Um, and so that again, credit to the Cougs for running them off the line um, and getting them to make take much more difficult shots. Um, keys to the game, obviously, points off turnovers. Houston had over twenty points off of turnovers, and a game they won by thirteen. That's very very important. Um, uncharacteristic. And the reason this game is probably close is that Houston lost the rebound battle. Um, and that probably has something to do with Houston, with Houston, the game getting closer than it felt. Uh, I would imagine you look at like four minute splits of this game and I'm quite broken down other than by my own handwork here. But it looks like to me that uh, the stretches where Houston's lead extended, they won those four minute periods in the rebounding battle and these stretches that they did not or that since they closed the gap, they won the rebounding battle. Right. So that's kind of how the game went. Um, but defensively, it was not just rebounds as much as it was. 13 steals and four blocks from Houston had an obvious impact on the Cincinnati on the Cincinnati's offense. Uh, there are multiple times I'm talking like four or five times where Cincinnati offensive players found themselves at the rim and no one was around them. And they still were doing triple double pump fakes to make sure that no one was going to come block their shots. Um, you had guys traveling to try and do a pass fake of sorts because they're worried about what hand was going to pop up in the lane to deflect it. Guys not passing to open players because they assumed a Houston player must be lurking to pick one off. Um, it wasn't just the steals and blocks. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that the impact was more than just the stats would tell you down the stretch. Uh, that impact was made obvious when Sasser took two different pick six type of steals to the house, one for a big dunk and one for a nice contested layup, both of which kind of sealed the deal. And then he hit a crazy big three. That was officially a nail on the coffin. Sasser, the closer 
or as I commented back and forth to the uh, Scott and Holman podcast on Twitter, uh, Sasser Dagger, which needs to be on a T-shirt somewhere, um, certainly was the case on Sunday. And if he continues to play like that in last five minutes of basketball games, it's going to be hard to beat Houston all year long. I imagine his next stop is playing basketball for a little job, like as in his profession. And speaking of professions and little jobs, let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn, which is where you can find people to fill in your job. So as a small business owner or hiring manager, uh, you know that success in 2023 depends all on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why I have LinkedIn jobs. With LinkedIn jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help achieve your goals. LinkedIn jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates, identify the most qualified leaders on LinkedIn jobs, and connect them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, in the second segment, I want to talk a little bit about Jarris Walker, Terrence Arsenal, and briefly on Emmanuel Sharp and looking at some like freshman action that happened over the course of the game. Because if you've been following Kelvin Sampson really for any period of time, but certainly in his time at Houston, you know that he kind of like needs to have freshmen gain his trust. And one of the things we've been monitoring this season is while Houston's been tremendous and very good, they have a lot of time where they're playing two, three, and even four teenagers on the floor at a time. And it's very uncharacteristic of Sampson. So in looking at that, obviously we'll get Jarris Walker and Terrence Arsenal, but I kind of want to start with Emmanuel Sharp because Emmanuel Sharp um, is a guy that's been the first guard off the bench and was the first guard off the bench in this basketball game. He came in, he played just four minutes, he went over one from the three point line, and then he came out. And I, I think what's interesting there is that like uh, he's got this hairline trigger on his jump shot that is part of the reason it comes in the game, and his three ball is, I mean, it's one of the best on the team right on the season. He's shooting as high a percentage as anyone. I'll pull up to make sure I don't get this wrong. Um, but he's shooting 38% from three on the season. Again, that's it. That's as good as anyone. And so when he comes in, it's like, oh, we're going to find him in rotations. Look at that. He came and got one shot. He missed it. I don't think he went out he, and never came back in because he missed it, but because he was having trouble keeping track of those Cincinnati guards and running them with a three point line in his four minutes out there. That's much more important to Sampson. And frankly, if he feels like his freshman ain't getting done, he's not a try by fire kind of guy. You learn at practice and you go and execute or you don't play. <laughs> and so um, for whatever reason, it didn't feel like uh, Sharp was going to be executing. And so Terrence Arsenal got some run in the first half. And very, very quickly it was apparent, oh, Terrence, Terrence understands the game plan. <laughs> Terrence understands the plot to this story. Now, Terrence himself got just 14 minutes. And I'd say when I checked the box score after the game, it felt like that was an under... Like un, that was less than what I thought. Um, it, I, I felt like Terrence Arsenal was on the floor for a long time. Um, and I think that's because his impact was palpable on the defensive end. Now, he only had one steal and one block listed. Um, 
but I, I don't think that takes into account a total deflections he had because deflections that go to bounds, deflections that go back to Cincinnati don't get calculated obviously in a normal box score. We have to go to more of an analytical sheet for that, and that's hard to get right after the game as we're recording here. But I will say that um, the thing that I think was interesting was when you look at who he's covering, <coughs> that Nolly kid that shot four for four from three in the first half, and when you look at um, his impact and the, the impact of his length, because one thing he has over Houston's veteran guards is he is every bit of six, five and change and has a positive wingspan, right? Where Sasser six, two and Jamal shed six, one like that. That's a big difference. Um, it, you saw him running guys off the three point line without fouling them and really sending them back to the lane where then you had Juwan Roberts or Jarris Walker or Reggie Chaney, Javier Francis, whomever to kind of deter them at the rim. So they took these like long twos, or bluntly passed the ball and found someone else. And that's really, really important. And frankly, a big, big growth in Terrence because when we think about like his big minute games earlier in the season, like Oregon, he goes his own buster. He came in, he shot threes, he got set down, right? That was all he, all he did. He was not known as a defensive guy at that point in the season. And credit to the growth of the kid. Uh, and, and of course, I mean, we're about halfway through the season right now um, because that's a, clearly something he's been working on practice because he hadn't had a lot of game minutes, frankly, since that Oregon game. And um, he played a lot against SNU on Thursday and a lot against Cincinnati over the weekend, and it's paying off. Coach Sampson said after the Cincinnati game, that, uh, or after the SMU game, going into the Cincinnati game, that one of the big deals is, is the kid from Texas Tech that's being registered, Malik Wilson, is probably the best wing defender on the team per Sampson, but it's still kind of finding his way, and it's just a tough rotation to fit into. And so he's being redshirted, and in practice every day, that's the guy that draws the Terrence Arsenal matchup, and that's the guy that shuts down Arsenal. And frankly, it's talk about the growth of Terrence since then, just like in his work ethic and maturity, because he's going against a veteran, upperclassman kind of guy, has been very, very obvious. And so it's showing up when he has to cover veteran upperclassmen like Landers Nolly <laughs> um, because he's not scared of the matchup. Right. Um, and it's very, very evident to me in watching that, that like, does his stat line look mundane? Yeah. He had uh, one rebound, one assist, one steal, one block and two shots. Yeah. That doesn't look great. It looks like a freshman. When you look at his impact on the game, you realize, Oh, the steal was the inbounds play. The assist was right after that when he flipped it to Jairus Walker, the big dunk and that was a dagger moment that was a heads up play and a key moment that squelched any thought Cincinnati had of coming back um again followed up by a couple big Marcus Sasser seals and things like that but they had kind of cut it to eight and were like kind of making a comeback he said no 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 no. we're taking care of this right those kinds of things from Arsenal are really big and important but the other side of that play that specific highlight play itself the reverse dunk we got to talk some about Jairus. Uh, Jairus is the top 10 pick in the second in a row that he looks every bit the part. Um, early this season, Kelvin Sanson bluntly um, questioned how much mud he had in his blood. That was after the St. Mary's game when St. Mary's got really, really physical. It's kind of a, a, a I, I would have said bloodbath. Sampson said mud bath of a game and didn't know how much mud was in blood of Jairus Walker and how that's kind of going to be a grow up spot for him, whatever it's been six weeks ago now. Right. Um, then Sunday against a Cincinnati team that, again, is probably one of the best teams in the American uh, outside of Houston in their place. Blackout game. Big, big moment. Hype moment for them. Jarris has one of his best games of the season. Again, 21 points on just 14 shots. Uh, he had also had five rebounds and three steals. Um, but he also did all of that 
with a high temperature. I, we never got a measurement on it, but every, both he and Samson in the post game said he was playing with a high temperature and, you know, he didn't feel great, but he was got to get out there with his guys. That's probably why he played just 29 minutes and all the other starters played over 30, right? Like, like well over 30. Um, and apparently it came down and Kelvin Samson said this in the post game that uh, he talked to Jairus before the game and he was like, can you play? He said, I think I can play. I'm just not a hundred percent. And Samson's statement was simple. He said, if you're 80%, I want 100% of your 80%. If you're 75%, I want 100% of your 75%. And Jarris went out there and did it, man. And I think the key here is that, like, this is kind of who Jarris is becoming when they get more, like, detailed scouting reports on teams. He's obviously a crazy great defender, but also the scouting report's helping him figure out where to attack them on offense. Um, now, I'm impressed by his two games in a row. His two big games in a row. I should mention, we're talking about Kelvin Sampson's post game. He mentioned he was quick to point out, like, he's had guys come out and have two great games in a row. The keys to then turn that into three and turn that into four and turn that into five and so on. That's the way that you leave a mark on a program. So we'll see what Sam, we'll, I guess we'll see what Jarris Walker does against South Florida in a couple of days because I, I would have thought that that was a pretty good game for a freshman. But what do I know? Sampson, Sampson's, Sampson's a Hall of Famer at this, right? Um, but if I look at the like way that Walker scored, I thought it was interesting that he did it in a number of different ways offensively. Um, he got on the short roll and Cincinnati didn't like double and tag him in a way like Virginia did. Right. And it forced him to be a distributor. So he got to the rim. Um, he always had to put the dunk off the steel. We talked about Arsenal a second ago, but he also had a couple floaters. Um, he had one. Uh, I think I thought he had two threes, but they marked him down for one. I guess one was a long two and was has foot line. Um, those kind of like catch and shoot moments. Um, he had one great drive where he caught us on three point line pump fake because he'd already made it three and they come down on him drives in got in his left hand and like finished tough with his, uh, sorry, tough with his right hand. Uh, but he, like pumped back to his left, not quite a Euro cause his whole body didn't move with, with the ball side to side, got the defender stuck for a second. Um, truthfully, he's just a crazy difficult match. Only scoring the ball that efficiently because He's too fast for that Lakin kid at Cincinnati. He's too fast for the classic guy that like that's six nine two forty. But if you put someone that's small enough and quick enough to stay in front of him on him, he's going to bulldoze through them on his way to the basket. So much so that that was the kind of thing. Uh, I think the comment at halftime from the ESPN halftime crew was that he's the size. He's got like the speed and tenacity of the bull in the china closet, but the feet of a ballerina. Right. That's the kind of the guy we're talking about here. And I think that's fairly apt. And if I were a betting man. I'd bet that uh, no one in America in college basketball certainly can stay in front of him. If you're looking at guys and stay in front of him, they're probably getting paid checks with a lot of commas in it playing 82 games a season. But if you're a betting person, let me recommend to go to betonline.net. Now betonline.net is the number one place for you to make all of your uh, sport for you to find all your sports betting info stats, news analysis, you need the latest odds for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to the wrapping up bowl season, uh, basketball, college and pro, all of it, all of it's at betonline.net. If you love sports podcast, which you do, you've gotten this far <laughs> there, there as well. You can find the fastest and easy way to get your betting info. Hit the website today or use mobile device to learn more. Betonline is where the game starts. If you're listening to this on Monday, you also know that tonight is the college football playoffs national championship. We got TCU. We got Georgia. The line is 13 and a half. And I'm telling you, TCU is going to keep it closer than that. <laughs> TCU will be closer than that. I told you the same thing against Michigan and they turned around and won that game. I'm not going to guarantee that TCU wins the thing. Uh, we'll talk later this week. Hint, hint preview that 
TCU is kind of a blueprint for a program like Houston um, as far as like the 20 year growth plan. Houston's probably somewhere in the middle of that 20 years. Um, but look at what TCU has done. Like they very well could win the national championship on Monday night. I feel very confident that they will keep this thing under 13 and a half points. I'm saying take the points there. Um, you should do it at betonline.net if you're going to do it. So make sure you go to betonline.net. It's where the game starts. All right. Um, in our last segment here, I want to talk some about, first of all, uh, we assume Houston's going to be the number one team in the country because they should be. <laughs> um, as we look at this here, um, not only had, did uh, Purdue lose last week, um, but you also had uh, behind, excuse me, um, behind Houston, you also had a handful of people drop games throughout the course of the week. And I just feel like if we're looking at a, I don't know, if we're looking at the country as a whole, Houston's got the best resume. They're 16 and one. And the one loss was a home game against Alabama. It wasn't a road game. But in their one loss, um, they were also up 15 points at one point in the second half of that game, right? So some people call it a collapse. I call it evidence that they should have won that game as well. And like on all likelihood, are very, very like a 10 minute stretch of basketball away from being undefeated with a very, very difficult non conference schedule. You can't control who you play in conference. You just kind of get who you get there, right? You get who you get and don't throw a fit, right? Um, behind them, You've seen uh, UConn drop a couple games. Arizona lost one on Saturday. Uh, Texas, I guess, fall, UT Austin is back at number six. They lost earlier last week. Um, Alabama, I guess, at seven is thirteen and two. And if they, you know, if we were to lose a game, we were both two lost teams. I could see how you say, like, well, they beat you guys at your place or whatever. Um, and and uh, anyway, Tennessee has not played quite the same schedule, but I guess is also a two loss team somewhere in the top ten. Rick Barnes. Uh, his squad's doing quite well. Gonzaga is creeping back coming to the top 10. Uh, they're entering conference play. And like Houston, they're kind of the cream of the crop in their conference. And so you can see them kind of going on a run and, and tightening the gap there. But what I think is interesting is even at the halftime of Houston's game against Cincinnati, when they're finding ways to beat a conference team in a hostile environment on the road, there's already this disrespect thing happening with Houston that I don't know how they'll shake throughout the season. I'm sure we'll monitor all season long here at Locked on Cougs in that um, both analysts at halftime were asked to name their top five teams in the country and their five, or presumably the four being one seeds in the, in the NCAA tournament at the end of the season, and neither picked Houston. And I think that's fascinating for a number of reasons. One, because neither one of them at any point in their previous analysis, thought Houston was going to drop the game to Cincinnati that day, right? Um, but also, the analysis had nothing to do with Houston dropping a game the rest of the way. Their analysis, when asked about it, because they were doing the halftime show of the Houston-Cincinnati game, was more about, like, well, you know, Houston's had trouble with length, and they, you know, they, they have two six nine guys as their bigs, no seven-footers, and what does that do? Da, 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 and they don't, won't get to play the links, won't get to see what the length, and both. And that took me to a place where I was like, A, that's wildly disrespectful, but it's disrespectful for two reasons. For one, they did play length in both, uh, I guess, Virginia has bigs. Oregon has really big bigs. 
and they will see some length in the American Conference. That's just not true. They will see seven-footers in college basketball. That's just a blatant lie. They saw length at St. Mary's. They did it fine, right? The other thing is that we've watched the NCAA tournament for how many years now? Guards run the tournament, <laughs> right? Like It is not about big men, and you don't see big men take crazy runs to the tournament. You see the Kimball Walkers of the world go through the tournament, right? You see guards run the show. The McNamara kid at Syracuse many, many years ago, right? Guards run the tournament. And Houston's got the best one of those in the country. Houston's probably got the best defensive one of those in Jamal Shedd in the country. And Houston's got the best six-man guard freshman in one of those. That's, I guess, a lot of qualifiers. And Terrence Arsenault in the country. Oh, also, one of those six, nine guys talking about like dealing with length and so on. When he wants to, he steps out and becomes one of those guards that runs the tournament when it comes uh, gut crunch in time. And I feel like all that's kind of getting forgotten in this because they're pointing out like a singular flaw they should talk about. And A, that negates all, we'll talk about it throughout the season, but all of the ideas and like ways that Kellen Sampson, Kelvin's son, works with the bigs on dealing with size. B, the like crazy historic Samson run of every year. It seems like they're out rebounding the entire country. C, negates this like elite, the country's best college basketball defense by like every statistical measure, nearly. Most important being opponent points per game, also opponents' points below their own average per game. Um, it just, there's all these different things that I just, I don't understand why this is still the argument. I'm not even saying that like when it comes down to the halftime numbers, the number one overall seed, like they're just, they're very clearly, unless something crazy happens, one of the four best teams in the country. Oh, come on. Like this is so, so dumb. They've won in a number of different ways, a bunch of different leading scores, running different styles of offense in Cincinnati. They more or less just out at the spread out and out athlete. They didn't even run a whole lot of, uh, you know, one, four pick and roll high, anything like that. They just spread out and went by guys. And then you go like Tulsa, they built a 40 point lead on the road by running like more traditional high screen sets, get to the mid range to beat Virginia on empty sides, pick and rolls, get the short roll and then distribute from there. Like they do all kinds of things that that analysis just doesn't take into account. It's just lazy and it's really disrespectful. And I'm afraid it's just the first of many, many times we hear that about the Cougs. We talk about it all year long and all season long, and in this case, all week long, here at Lockdown Cougs. Make sure to tune in to Lockdown Cougs each day for the latest on Cougs all year long. I feel like, thank you so much for being your first listen of the day. For your second listen, I'm going to say go listen to the other episode of Lockdown Cougs came out today, and we should talk about uh, Mikhail Harrison Pilot and the impact his single uh, commitment will have on the uh, Houston Cougar football program. Uh, it'll be a short bonus episode, but I want to make sure you guys hear some football news today as well. If you're kind of done for the Cougs Day or you got here after that episode and you're looking for another listen today, then we recommend Locked On College Basketball because A, I know they don't disrespect the Cougs in the way other national outlets do. And B, Annie and Isaac are running great shows. So make sure you check them out for latest in college basketball all day long. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked On Cougs. Locked On Cougs is the primary Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.